Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Michigan Reimagined, a spotlight podcast. And here's your host, Chris Buck. All right. As we all know, Michigan's made up of many special organizations serving our communities. And I'm really excited to highlight one such group on this show. Today we have in the studio is the president and CEO of Origami Rehabilitation, Tammy Hanna. Welcome to the show, Tammy. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Origami, uh, I'm familiar with the brand, but many of the folks uh, listening may not be. So, can you just share some of the services that Origami provides and kind of what your mission is? Absolutely. Origami Rehabilitation's mission is all about creating opportunities and transforming lives. That's what we get to do every single day. And we do that with uh, individuals of all ages. So children, adolescents, adults come to us if they have neurological, developmental, mental health, or orthopedic conditions. And our team gets to work on whatever their rehab goals are. And that that's a widespread array of different goals, whether that's learning how to walk and talk or feed themselves again, or getting back to work, going back home or driving again. Wow. Okay. So that's a very noble mission to get people back functioning as they are hopefully meant to be functioning. Okay. So now how long have you been at the helm and where did you kind of come to this organization from? Well, I started as an occupational therapy intern 22 years ago. Okay. Uh, My plan was to be there about 12 weeks, (laughs) accomplish my internship, and then graduate from Saginaw Valley State University in their OT program. Uh, But week two, I was invited to stay on as the first full-time therapist there at Origami. And so I accepted that job. Um, I quickly moved into managerial roles as Origami grew. I became a co-executive director in 2004. And then in 2014, I was the solo executive director. And then 2018, I became the president and CEO. That's fantastic. So congratulations. I mean, it's it's unique now to stay at one employer for a long period of time and truly climb that ladder. And intern to president and CEO is, is an impressive feat. So congratulations on that. Thanks. So just so I understand, is, is origami a facility where patients kind of come and go for treatment, like a regular doctor appointment, or is there a residential component? Because I've been to the, you know, your compound, I'll call it a compound, <laughs> um, 
but I don't, honestly don't know. Are there rooms where people stay and, and, and overnight, or is it really just a kind of a come and go type of a setup? We do offer both. So okay. we offer outpatient programming, so come and go, and they may come to us once a month, once a week, or they may come five days a week, Right. Um, all depending on what level of uh, services and level of injury that they, they need. Okay. And then we also have two residential homes that are licensed adult foster care homes where we serve individuals 18 years and older. Um, and that's right in Mason campus on the 35 acres of property that we have there off from Sand Hill Road. Got it. Okay. All right. And so, you know, you mentioned a little bit that it is people of all ages. So what kind of ailments or what kinds of injuries tend to be what causes a person needing to come to you to get their lives kind of restarted again? Well, we serve individuals, uh, it's a broad spectrum, really. So we may serve somebody who has suffered a traumatic brain injury. We serve individuals who, children, who may have a developmental disability, who are learning how to walk or talk for the first time. Hmm. Um, And then we, we work with individuals who have mental health issues or orthopedic conditions. So it really is a wide array. And and what's interesting is origami really evolved from a plan of only serving adults with traumatic brain injury. 25 years ago, that's that's where our roots started. But over time, we've expanded who we are able to serve and and with great outcomes. And that really has evolved just in time of our therapist driving the the growth in wanting to being able to serve other individuals have other specialty services we have an amazing group of clinicians who are very motivated to learn more about their skill area and so we've expanded our specialty areas over the years to then broadening the the type of ailments that people come to us and and need help with right so if you're a caregiver and you've got someone who's struggling for what any of those reasons is this uh kind of an insurance referral, kind of a, I've got this problem, this person in my life who's got this problem, where do I go? And they get referred to you. There must be an amazing intake process to, you know, to kind of go through screening questions as to what type of person it is and what the goals are, and then assigning them to the clinician that's got that skill set, right? I mean, it seems like that's got to be a pretty broad intake set up. You're spot on, Chris. It is really intricate and there's a lot to the process, but we have it down. (laughs) We have it down where it feels pretty uh, seamless for um, both our staff and the individual that needs our services. But people are often referred to us by um, a physician, a case manager, a hospital discharge planner. Um, But really also they may come across our name. They may hear a podcast like this (laughs) and recognize that we're available to provide a service for themselves or a loved one. So those referrals come from a wide array of individuals. Um, our primary funding is certainly insurance, um, you know, commercial health insurance. Uh, we also work with workers' comp, Michigan rehab service funding, um, auto no-fault insurance. Right. But there's a, a large amount of what we do that isn't covered by funding, um, by insurance, or individuals don't have the funding and it's a barrier. So as a nonprofit organization, right. we do a great deal of advocating and relying on donations and grants to being able to maximize access to service for anybody who needs our help, regardless of their funding situation. Huh. So nonprofit health care. Yes. Okay. That's <laughs> not something you that. hear that much. Uh, okay. So I was actually, I was going to tee up that because I know you're a not-for-profit, but I think most people might not know that. So 
So with that being said, so how are you governed? You know, usually nonprofits need to have a board of directors that kind of help steer this. So who are they and how are they selected? And then how are you funded? Otherwise, you mentioned donations, but talk about what the mechanics of being a nonprofit are in this industry. Right. Well, I am I'm proud that we're a nonprofit because there's so many, uh, your mission and, and the vision and everything that we do is so centralized and focused on, on exactly that, what we need to do to carry out our mission, to advance it and to realize our vision, which is to maximize access to services. So in the early 90s, there was a physician at MSU's College of Osteopathic Medicine who was seeing several patients who needed in origami in the mid-Michigan area, and there wasn't one. And so he got together with a group of people at MSU. They pulled in individuals from Peckham, okay. another community rehab-based nonprofit in the organization, right, or in, right. the, in the community. And those two nonprofit entities came together as a joint venture to create origami. Really? Okay. And so they are very much still involved and um, invested in our success. And, and that's who serves on our board of directors. There's representatives from all areas of Michigan State University, not just within the College of Osteopathic Medicine, and then Peckham. And so I feel it's a very special and unique joint venture because those two nonprofits, they come with their own area of expertise, right? right. MSU brings yep. physicians and research, medical research, and, and so much. And and then we have Peckham, who has been providing services and helping individuals with all sorts of abilities in the community be as productive as possible. And right. so the two entities come together, created Origami, and they support us all the time. That's great. And you couldn't ask for more passionate uh, caregivers, right, in mm -hmm. our community. I mean, Michigan State, it goes without saying. And then Peckham is impeccable, you know, in their in their mission as well. So that that's great. Okay, I didn't understand all of that. that so um, you mentioned Mason. Remind us a little bit about where Origami is. And I understand you expanded recently, and there's a second location. So yes. why don't you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So Origami's main campus is in Mason, but it's really just five minutes south from Michigan State University's campus. right? So we're right off from Hagedorn or College Road, depending on which yep. direction you're, you're heading south from campus, and then on Sand Hill Road. Right. So, so once you're south of 96, you're in Mason Postal Code, yes. but it's kind of South Okemos, North Mason, East Holt. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. right. And so we have 35 acres of property there. It's beautiful. Um, our belief really is that the use of the environment, the therapeutic kind of feeling that you have have even just driving onto that property. Mm -hmm. um, it helps the family members, it helps our, our staff, and certainly our clients that we serve just have that healing, kind of calming feeling. Um, so we're, we're really proud of that, and we're always open to welcoming the community out to see what we do and to have that that feeling, experience that feeling. Conditions permitting, do you do therapy outdoors? Oh, like is, yes. is, the, is the space built to have outdoor? It is. Okay. We have exor outdoor exercise equipment, and then we have uh, paved trails. And okay. those paved trails are used, our physical therapists have helped individuals increase their, their walking endurance, learn how to walk right. um, on different terrains, different um, surfaces, learn how to ride 
a bike again. We've helped individuals drive a golf cart as a kind of part of the pre-driving aspects of skill building right, to sure. being able to go back out on the road and drive. So we use the land all the time. We have garden beds. Our, our residents who enjoy gardening will work with our recreational therapists who will um, help them with the gardening. And there's so many skill building opportunities when you're doing any of those activities. So um, we're, we're proud of that. You mentioned that we expanded. Yes. Um, gosh, that's uh, June, June of 2021 when okay. we expanded. So mid pandemic, <laughs> it's a gutsy move. <laughs> we pulled that off mid pandemic, but it was really our outpatient has continued to grow, and we were at we've been at capacity at main campus for a while, okay. and so we were able to launch a, our first satellite ever because. To uh, up until June of 2021, all of Origami Services was at our Mason main main right. campus. That, yep. that was the Origami. So we opened on the west side of Lansing and on Marketplace Boulevard. Uh, it's right down by Furniture Row, Lowe's. Okay. It's right yeah, in yeah, that yeah. area. It's a standalone building, and we serve. We provide the same services as we do at Origami Main. The one area that we've really been able to grow and expand and do more of, though, at that location is pediatric therapy. Okay. We're serving some really little ones um, and being able to help them reach their goals as well. Well, that's got to feel really good because to be a capacity, I mean, to have a waiting list for people who have those kinds of needs almost is heartbreaking, it right? It doesn't I mean, feel good. You have to serve anyone who needs your service. I, I would imagine with the, with your heart where it is, that's got to be hard to do. So I'm grateful that you were able to pull together and expand. You know, we touched on your move happening or your expansion happening during the pandemic. How did the pandemic mm. affect <laughs> you as an organization? I mean, healthcare, you know, certainly is, is a... Um, Gosh, well, what do we call the uh, the frontline you know provider? But there was still health and safety rules and regulations. So how did you navigate that? Unbelievable. You know, even <laughs> in reflection, it's like I I ask, how did the team do this? <laughs> but we did it, and we're, I'm so proud of how we did it. It was hard, very very hard, because as you said, and we have direct care workers that are providing services 365 days a year. Right. It doesn't matter a pandemic, no pandemic. We we need to be there for the people who are relying on us and trusting us to provide their care. So first and foremost, our priorities. We knew we needed to make sure our priorities throughout the pandemic was to keep our, our staff and our clients safe right. and, and well cared for. Um, beyond that, oh my, every executive order that came out, everything. For origami, we've always been very family oriented. We believe when the family is engaged in the rehab process, greater outcomes are reached faster and right. those rehab goals are reached. And so to have restrictions on our residential homes, no visitors. That was very unusual for us. And so we had to improvise and our therapy staff, our direct care workers, our heroes, they've always been heroes, but they really stand right. out. They got us through that pandemic by showing up and taking care of our residents. We did close our outpatient program for two months, which was super hard. I mean, yep. Hard because there's rehab goals that right. were on hold. <laughs> the need doesn't go away. The need doesn't go away. <laughs> and we tried to improvise with telehealth as quickly as we could yep. for those who could access technology. Right. Um, and so there was a lot of pivoting, a lot of um, just agile um, kind of decisions that we had to just be very fluid right. in everything Give it that a try. Did. That didn't Give work. Give it a try. Right? It didn't that, work. Yeah. And be okay with the fact of it didn't work, but let's try this again. But the number one thing was just the priorities and keeping those straight and our staff were 
terrific and it was a tremendous experience. And I speak in past tense, even though we are still very much, we're wearing masks, we're a healthcare facility, our staff are still wearing masks, we still have a lot of policies, you know, that we've gone through and we've crossed out temporary, you know, to these are now, I mean, they've been in play for over two years. So um, it's just kind of become part of our new norm. Right. Right. Um, so milestones, right? You guys just hit a, an anniversary, and I know this is happening a little after your official anniversary. but We're celebrating all year. Good for you. <laughs> Wonderful. So talk about that. Yeah, so we just celebrated 25 years on April 7th. Congratulations. Thank you. It's such an honor, and um, you know, it, it comes at a great time of just... There's always good reason to celebrate, right? And right. to really reflect and take the time to think about how far we've come in the 25 years. And ironically, within the same month as our anniversary, we also admitted our 2,500th client. Wow. So okay. 2,500 lives. Timing. I know. <laughs> I know. 2,500 lives served in 25 years. And, uh, you know, each year we've continued to serve more and more individuals. So it's fun looking back at, you know, our first year in 1997, how few we served all right. the way through now we're serving over 800 a year. I was going to ask earlier on, and now it seems appropriate. So what percentage of your patients, um, come in with an expectation that they will kind of graduate out of needing your services versus people that are there, I don't know, in perpetuity or for a very long haul. How do, What's the ratio on that just to have people wrap their brain around that? Sure. So I would say... No, it's probably a guess. Well, first and <laughs> foremost, nobody ever plans on needing origami. Right, sure. Right? Yep. And so when they do need us, certainly they don't ever plan on origami staying part of their life forever. And so I would say 100% of the people that uh, come to us hope that they only need us on a short-term basis. Right. In the majority, 90% of the individuals, maybe even higher than that, um, really don't need us long-term. So they, our residential program, for instance, we serve individuals who are short-term, uh, considered transitional. Yep. And on an average basis, annually, we um, serve those individuals within 60 days, they're back home, living in the community, and they may be coming to us for outpatient services, or they may not be. Right. Um, and then we serve individuals long-term as well, because there are individuals who, in a residential setting, need 24-hour support because of how catastrophically injured they may Right. be. They may not necessarily have a home to go back to or a family who is able to provide that 24-hour care. Um, or it may just be a lack of an accessibility of the home because they're in a wheelchair and they're not able to get in and they're not able to pay for the changes that need to happen to their home to be right. able to access it. Yeah, so it's a it's a broad uh, spectrum of the people that we serve, but the majority are short-term. So how big is your team now? I, I personally went through your website and was shocked at how many clinicians and, and support people you had, but share with the world how, how, how big you've gotten in sure. general terms. Sure. So we've, we've grown in that um, capacity as well. So we have 104 employees as of today. Um, we have several employees who are direct care. Um, about 76 FTEs. So we have direct care workers, several are students at Michigan State University, pre-med, pre-nursing, pre-PA, who are helping, you know, around the clock care for in our residential home. And then, like you said, we have an array of clinicians who are helping us to provide services for our um, residential and outpatient programs. So you mentioned earlier about the auto no fault. And I, you know, I know maybe it's a 
a touchy subject, but I don't know much <laughs> about it. I, I was told uh, <laughs> that that might be a question you'd want to respond to. And, and I, I followed it a little bit because I had a, a career that in, involved auto insurance. But talk to us a little bit about the change and how that's affected you. I appreciate this question. I'm living and breathing this issue right now. Out of the 25 years of origami being in existence and doing the great work we've been doing in this community, this is the biggest challenge that we face. So in a nutshell, our, mm-hmm. the auto no-fault uh, insurance reform that went into effect July of 2021 mm-hmm. has been um, the most impactful for programs like origami. What I mean is that under that reform, our residential program rates have been cut by 45%. So 45% cut to our reimbursement for a residential program where we serve the most vulnerable and catastrophically injured. And that is not sustainable. It's not um, able to cover our costs or be able to keep our employees competitively paid and um, keep up with cost of of living. And so I am at the Capitol. I'm, I'm speaking a lot about advocating for this part of reform to change because it doesn't make sense. Um, and it's what it's doing is it's really putting a lot of survivors out of care and being able to receive care and okay. providers out of business. And so we, we need to keep up that fight. And that's a pretty instrumental um, objective that's on my plate every single day. So it's not a matter of People who were covered are no longer covered. It's really a rate issue. Okay. Because exactly I, I right. thought, okay, I thought the reform, you know, is hey, there's this unlimited amount, uh, you know, and if the uh, lifelong injury, you're going to be covered lifelong. And I thought that that just kind of stopped for a faction of people that would normally use your services. But so who was covered is still covered. It's just the matter of how much it's covered. So you have a decision to make whether you just receive less money and try to figure out a way to, donate your way out of that or reduce your rates or or get creative or charge the customer if they're able to you know the, the patient mm-hmm. if they're able to afford that so that's yeah that's a complex cobweb you explained that perfectly that's oh, exactly <laughs> that is exactly okay. the situation we're navigating got it okay and so is there uh legislation proposed to try to get you back whole that's going through the process or are you trying to get that process to begin There have been various bills that have landed before the insurance committee, but they have not received a hearing yet. And so we continue to advocate for that. There are still bills that I understand being drafted in a way of trying to um, resolve this, the significance of this issue. Uh, We're just hoping that something moves soon. Right. Um, And I'm sure if you're paying attention, if anybody's paying attention to the media, auto no fault is a hot topic. You hear the hospitals being challenged because they don't have places to discharge individuals that ordinarily a Sparrow hospital, for instance, would call origami and move them from them them to you. Exactly. A progression in the rehab process. But those individuals, we've had to change our admission criteria. We're not able to serve individuals that are the most catastrophically injured because of the amount of resources that that takes in order for us to be able to do that. We need to be able to have the staffing and all the resources and at a 45% reimbursement cut. That's a huge challenge. It's right. a huge challenge. And so we are, we're advocating and we're, we're working hard to fundraise on the other side of things and, right. and just trying to make sure that we're going to continue our mission from, you know, 
residential program really is the impact here. Our outpatient is under a different rate structure under that reform. Um, and so it's like I'm running two different businesses right now. Right, Our outpatient right. is thriving and we've been able to diversify but our funding and the people served. But from a residential standpoint, your commercial health insurances don't cover that level of care. So right. it's really your auto accident survivors who have auto insurance that need catastrophic coverage within a residential program. Got it. And I imagine you're not alone in this. So hopefully there's a consortium of reasonably powerful people around the state because that's a state thing, right? It is so, statewide. So uh, you're, whether you're collectively lobbying for this, um, hopefully your voices will be heard and you get some of the relief that you're looking for. I don't know all the mechanics. So I'm not going to take a stand, but you seem like a wonderful person doing great <laughs> service. So I hope you get to reach your goals and get the things uh, that you need done done. So thank you for that. So tell us a little bit about how people can learn more about origami rehabilitation. Sure. I invite anybody to check out our website at origamirehab.org. It has an array of information from all the services that we provide, how to donate, how to volunteer and get involved. Um, and then they could also reach out to our email address, info at origamirehab.org. Or our main line is 517-336-6060. Fantastic. Well, we've been speaking with the president and CEO of Origami Rehabilitation, Tammy Hanna. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been fascinating. Thank you, Chris. Thank you.